0: Welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poizel and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. We're just getting started. How are we doing this morning? We good? I think we can do better than that. How are we doing this morning? Are we good? Man, we are coming together to celebrate who God is. And some of you might have been dragged into this space and you don't even know what you're doing here and what's going on. But you know what? I know the living God is going to speak to your heart and I believe in him to transform lives today. And that's what we get excited about. That's why we do what we do because God did this for you, for the one. And if you haven't been here before or it's been a little while, my name is TJ, my wife Melissa. Good to see you, babe. Our pastors here, Soul Revival Church. Haven't seen her all morning. Uh, But we have the pleasure and the privilege to lead this incredible community of people following Jesus and trying to look more like Jesus. And we want you to know if you're a guest with us today that you don't have to believe to belong. Um, All are welcome and you can come as you are. But the one thing I will also share with you is God loves you so much that when you have an encounter with him, he loves you too much to leave you where you're at. And he wants to bring you into new spaces. And he wants to surround you with people to help you follow him and see what he has for your. And as part of that, uh, we've been in a series called Summer Mixtape. It's been a great chance for us to kind of tackle some topics that people were curious about. And looking at ways that the Bible depicts the things that you might face or be challenged with within your daily lives. And God has got some for us today. Because I am really pumped about it. Um, In these moments when God comes into these spaces with us, I just trust him that he's going to speak through me. Because uh, this is his word and I'm mine. And uh, he wants you to know how much he loves and cares for you. And as we continue this with our volume three of our summer mixtape, it's going to be kind of a continuation from last week. Uh, If you weren't here last week, that's cool. You can go watch it later. It will be worth it, I think. Uh, Maybe ask somebody else because I was the one communicating. So I always think it's worth it. But if you were, we're going to continue from there. If you weren't, it will still be good for you. You don't need to have been here. You know, like when you see a movie and you're like, what order is Star Wars in? I don't even know. But you watch it and you're like, oh, that's cool. And the rest of you are like, yeah, I don't care about Star Wars. All right, think about something else. All right. You might have joined season 25 of Housewives and you just jumped in and you can't get enough. No? Nobody in here? Okay. That's how it's going to be. This, This is participatory and, you know... We're going to just be honest about some stuff, all right? So if you're watching that, um, what do they got, Orange County? They got the Plains of Iowa? Yes, yes. Everyone who just laughed, it's because you watch all of them and you know there's no Plains of Iowa housewives. Got you. Now what? But as we dive into God's Word, we're going to be in Hebrews 11 uh, to kick things off, and it's a text that I want to go from. Um, but before we do, just want to inform you, like the Bible's not something to be intimidated by. The Bible is the Holy Spirit-inspired word of God. And it's like, here's this manual. Like, you ever wonder, oh, I don't know the answers of life. here they are. It's not a rule book that when you follow it, now God loves you. It is a manual and a love story about the God who loves you, who's trying to give you direction in how to live your life so he can be with you and protect you. And he created us because he wanted to spend time with us. He gave us free will, though. And because of that, we've made some decisions and some choices that have separated from God, us from God. And he ultimately sends his son, Jesus, to die for us. So we are a church, we talk about Jesus, because Jesus is our salvation, because he came to die for us. He is the one and only way to encounter a living God. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 11, I mean, verse 1 to 3. It says, now faith is a confidence in what we hope for. And an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And if you are taking notes today, the title of this message is the invisible vision part two. When it rains it pours. That was a long title. It's got a title and a subtitle. Like any good uh, sequel, when it rains, it pours. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are here in this space. I thank you that you go before us and that you've got a plan in this moment. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me. And that whatever you have to say would impact the lives of all of us in here, God. I know I need this today, and I pray for those who do. That it would penetrate their hearts, resonate through their minds, and transform their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. When it rains, it pours. How many people liked that rain on Monday? Like, oh, it was so calming, comfy, and cozy. And the parents were like, yeah, it's still summertime, so my house was chaotic and crazy because the kids couldn't go outside. No, that was just us, that was just our house because it was crazy. And it was just pouring, and then the thunder and the lightning, all kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, this should be comfy, cozy, but there's more chaos in my house than what's happening outside. All right, just us. But as we got through the end of the day, it was like, all right, cool, now we're going to chill. We're going to watch a little show with the family. We're going to relax. Today was a rainy day, and it was a little bit challenging through the house, but that's cool because there's going to be sunshine tomorrow. Can I get an amen? Amen. And uh, I was walking in the basement. I don't know what I was doing. I was changing the laundry. Melissa doesn't like our basement because there's cobwebs and there might be a spider. So I'm heading my way. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm doing some laundry, throw a load in. We're going to chill out. And I take a few steps and then boom, my foot is drenched. I'm like, What? no, this can't be happening. So I start feeling the floor all the way around. I'm like, oh, this is drenched. And I start just yelling like, hey, it's flooded down here. And the kids come running down and Melissa comes running down and then their feet are getting wet. I'm like, dudes, take your socks off. It is wet in here because our basement is flooded. Oh, when it rains, it pours. It's like, great, now what do we do? Get all the towels, do we have any fans? Nope, we don't have any fans. Oh, found a fan, boom, we got one fan going. We only got one fan, now what do we do? Well, we have this little bounce house that has a little fill-up thing. So I go into the garage and I climb up, almost break my neck on a ladder and get this thing down. And I'm like, oh, let's just blow this in this direction. Let's blow it at each other. And I'm like, man, the whole night, we're like every towel we have is drenched. Then we throw it in the dryer and we're working in cycles to keep trying to get rid of all this water. And it wasn't until like ne- the next day at noon until we got it mostly dried up. And now there's still that like dank smell in our basement, you know. So if you come over, you're not welcome in the basement. Not because we don't love you, because we don't want to put you through that. I'm like, man, really? When it rains, it pours. Now we're just dealing with this stench. That's how life is sometimes. You just feel like you're hit with one thing after the other, right? Anyone else ever been there? And I feel like Elijah that we studied last week, um, I'm going to catch you up real quick if you weren't here. So we were studying Elijah who God used to bring a drought for three years, but then three years later used him to bring rainfall and the drought was gone because it was now raining and the, the crops were coming back. And if you are in your New Testament in James, it actually gives us a nice summary of what took place. So James shares, that's the brother of Jesus, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the lamb for three and a half years. So then he went out into incubation where God was preparing him. Then he went and hung out with this wife where he saved her son's life and God was just giving them food and giving them everything they needed for this season of incubation for these three years. And then it says, as he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops after those three and a half years. And it started with this little cloud in the sky and then boom, the rain came. But that's not where the story ends. Because when it rains, it pours. That's my cue for you. Today I might say when it rains a lot and then you can say it pours. I feel like we got to get our blood flowing, you know what I mean? I get it. You got your workout in when we were worshiping. It's hot in here. You're sweating like crazy. That's cool. That means God's working. Can't beat a workout. You know what I mean? So when it rains, yeah, I like it. So here Elijah is and he comes back and he tells King Ahab, he's like, hey, look what just happened. Look what God did. And Ahab's like, oh, cool. That's awesome. He fought 450 dudes like these prophets of Baal. He battled them like a rap battle. Only a battle over God coming and just firing up a bull. And Elijah won that battle, 450 to one. Like, yeah, I got bars, come at me. Thanks, mom. And he wins this battle and he must be on, a, on just like this high, like, yeah, guess what God can do through me. Look what he just did. Look what he accomplished. And that's exciting because God will use us to make a vision come to fruition through the different missions he has for our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there again this week. Mission, vision, okay? And this vision that he gave him, that you think it's now come to fruition and God has now completed the mission that he had for him, he was just getting started. Because after Ahab, he goes and tells Jezebel, like, hey, Elijah came. Everybody bowed down to God because the rain came and God did this awesome thing in that battle that took place. Now what are we going to do? And then you can throw up the verses. I'm going to paraphrase some of this, tell you the story, all right? Because this is 1 Kings 19, 1 to 2. And as, as this gets shared with Jezebel, she now sends an attendant to Elijah and is like, hey, you came at me. Your God did something cool. Okay, well, guess what? My gods will strike me down if by this time tomorrow, you ain't dead. And if you're Elijah, how would you respond? Like, if that's me, I'm like, what? What you got to say to me? 450 people down. They're dead. I just got to see God do a miracle through me. So how are you going to come at me? What do you got against me? That you think that you could beat my God. Anybody else feel like they have that kind of confidence? Like, yeah, what? What now? See, because here's something that we can't be surprised by. When God does something through us and he accomplishes a vision for our lives, don't expect the world to just celebrate. We're gonna face challenges. We're gonna face struggles. We're gonna face trials. So we can't anticipate that because the world will do whatever they can to protect its perspective. But that's where our faith can grow and our strength can come from. So watch how Elijah responds. Back up, Jezebel. Elijah pulled out his sword and sliced off Jezebel's head. Sorry, kids, it gets graphic in the Bible sometimes. That's also not what happened. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Like what? Dude, You prayed, and God made a drought. Three and a half years later, you prayed again, and he brought the rain. And now someone's going to come at you afterwards, and you're going to run and be afraid? What? When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Man, because for Elijah in that moment, it was like, hey, when it rains, we can be the most vulnerable right after a victory. I want to say that again. If you're taking notes, write that down because it's something you need to really cement into your mind. You can be the most vulnerable after a victory. And it makes sense because when God uses you to accomplish something and you're actually living out your purpose, now when the enemy sees you, he's like, nope, we got to put a kabosh on that. Kibosh, what's the word? Kibosh on that. I thought I was about to say kombucha or something. But that's when you'll be attacked. So now his confidence went down because imagine where he's at, right? You just saw God use you in an incredible way. Everyone bowed down to God. But then immediately following that, they changed their mind. Now they're coming after him and want to kill him. And his heart, he was just discouraged. He was more than discouraged. He was fighting a drastic depression. I've battled depression my whole life. And I can relate to Elijah in this moment because in his heart he's saying, God, I've done everything I possibly can to honor you. I've had faith that you were going to move mountains and I watched you do it, but they're still coming at me and it didn't make a difference. And you might be saying right now, man, I've been trying to follow God and I've been trying to do everything that he's called me to do. And I look around me and I feel like it still hasn't made a difference. That's where depression and anxiety will get us. It will try to fool us and trick us into thinking the things that are not true. Believing the things that are not true. Trusting things that are not true. We have an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing and he reveals himself to us. And he brings these visions to fruition that we had no idea that were going to happen because we couldn't see it in the moment. But we walk by faith. But after the next outcome doesn't work out the way we might anticipate, we allow discouragement to seep in that can easily lead to depression and anxiety and frustration and heartache and sadness. And we feel like we're just doing the same thing over and over and over. And we're feeling lost and we're going to God like, what's the point? Here's what I love about Elijah's response, though. He didn't just go to God and say, what's the point? Because he didn't think God was there or that God didn't exist. He knew God is who God says he was. So in his most difficult and challenging moments, he still went to God. And I want that to encourage some of you in here today. The things you've been battling and struggling with and you think, man, God wouldn't love me if I went to him with this. Or I'm avoiding God and I'm not talking to him because I know my life is too messed up and I don't deserve to talk to God about this. Let, it, let Elijah encourage you that no, no matter what you are facing and whatever you're up against, God cares and he wants to hear about it. And you feel like you're at the end of the rope and you're ready to just call it quits and say forget about it because it doesn't even matter anyways. Let God know how you're feeling. Because when we're most vulnerable after a victory, and as we're feeling discouraged and might be struggling against doubt, go to God with it. Don't hide from him. Even though Elijah was running, he still went to God. He still spoke to God. Brought his feelings and everything he was dealing with to God. The angel of the Lord, after he's laying under this bush, all at once, an angel of the Lord came and touched him and said, get up and eat. Like, what? He's ready to give up. He tells God, I can't handle it anymore. And God's like, hey, remember I sent a raven before? And this is when Elijah was going where God wanted him to. So this is a little recap from last week. He sent a raven to bring him bread and meat. And he was right by this awesome little brook where he got to have water. And now, even though he is discouraged and has doubt and is battling depression and he goes to God, God still provides. God still provides. So even though you're struggling right now and you're battling depression or maybe you're battling an addiction or maybe there's tensions within relationships, God still hears you and he loves you and he cares about you and he will send Himself to you. He will meet you there. And as he fell asleep under this bush, and as this angel touched him and said, get up and eat, he, he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. So he's running into the wilderness He tells God, just take my life. God shows up with an angel and some bread just appears with some water. Takes some bites and drinks a little water. Goes back to sleep. I think it's very common where you feel like, all right, God, I'm feeling this way. And I feel that you're with me. But I still just don't know. I still just don't know. I don't know what to believe or where to go, so I'd just rather just stay where I'm at. And we can find ourselves being stuck in a rut. Taking yourself out of the game. Feeling like you're not good enough. Feeling like you don't have anything to offer. Feeling like, what's the point? That's cool. God, you're still showing up and you still love me. I'm just laying my bed all day. I got some blackout curtains, pitch dark in the room. I could just lay there all day and all my problems will disappear. You ever had that where you just hid for a little while and your problems were just gone? I didn't hear anything just now, but the answer is no. But how many times do we try that? Maybe this time it'll work. I'm just gonna lay low for a bit. Let the dust settle. The dust never settles, okay? But you can get some goggles to walk through it. Some God goggles. (laughs) My wife's looking at me like, where are you going with this? We'll get there. We're going to make it. (laughs) But God will show up in our darkest hour. Even if our response isn't something we think is valuable. Even if our response might say otherwise, God's still coming for you. He still loves you enough to come and meet you in the middle of it. But don't be afraid to go to him and to share what you're feeling. Now, after he goes to sleep, the angel of the Lord comes back. You know, God never gives up on you, even if you ignore him, even if you hit the snooze button. Oh, that's got snooze. I'll get back to you, God. I just got to take a little break. I need some me time. An angel of the Lord shows up a second time. Could you imagine? What if an angel showed up next to you in your bed when you're with your dark-out curtains? Would you be freaked out? I would be freaked out. I'm like, babe, is this you? Oh, it's not? It's God coming in through the presence of an angel. And it touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. God's saying, hey, the thing that you've been battling and this depression that you feel has debilitated you, no. I'm telling you, you need this nourishment and I'm not going to leave your side and I'm going to make sure that you're prepared because there's still a journey ahead. Right now, I still have a vision for your life, even if it looks invisible for you right now. But there is a mission that comes next and I need you to wake up. Because God will sustain you. He will give you what you need. And there are times when God will meet your physical need before the spiritual. He wants to help you get healthy and get prepared. And this angel of the Lord is letting him know there is a journey ahead. You're telling me you're taking yourself out the game, but I won't let you. What God has set in motion, no man or woman can stop. So God will just keep hitting that alarm. Hey, you ready yet? You ready yet? You ready yet? Wake up, wake up, wake up. Who likes those alarms to get a little bit louder each time? A little bit louder now. Just a little bit louder now. Shout, put your hands up. Shout, get up, come on now. Shout, got a plan for you. Shout, got this vision for you. Come on, stand up now. Come on, stand up now. hey. hey, hey. Got a big vision for you. Got a big vision for you. Everyone's still awake. I love it. But there are are these moments where God will step in and he will speak so loudly and he will fulfill and provide for you in your darkest moment. He's like, look, I still got a vision for your life and I'm not done yet. So get up off your butt because I got a mission for you right now. And he will give you everything you need for the mission at hand. So he's telling Elijah, get up. There's still more to be done, and I still got plans for your life. Whoever's in here right now, you need to know that that God is not done with your life, and he is telling you to get up, that he will sustain you. He will give you the courage and the strength that you need to carry on, because there's a mission ahead. That's why Jesus says, come to me, all who are worried, uh, who are weary and heavy laden. He's like, come to me. See, Elijah never stopped going to God. He never stopped talking to God despite of what he was feeling. And God kept showing up. And the angel of the Lord, after he got he got up, ate and drank, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of of God. It's like hey, I got this mission for you. There's a vision ahead. I'm still not done with your life, and there's something I need to do for you. But God's saying, But this mission right now is a mission for you and me to get together. The mountain of God. This was this was the same mountain where Moses went and had an encounter with God. The same space where Moses had to cover his face just as the cloak of God passed by him and he just walked off radiating the light of God from being in his presence. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever depression you're up against, whatever anxiety that you have, God's saying, hey, I've got a mission for you and that first mission is for you to get with me. It is an invitation to step into his presence. He's saying, hey, here's some food, here's some water, I'm going to provide for you, but now come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I'll prepare you for what's next. Come to me. God is inviting us into new places. And even though we might feel right now that, man, when it rains, but God's saying that that's okay though because I got a plan through the flood. Our God. Our God parts waters. Our God restores souls. Our God saves. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the Lord came to him, the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? God knows the answer. And sometimes we go to get alone with God and he's like, hey, so what brings you here today? How can I help? And his response is, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Like I've been doing so much for you, God. I love you so much with all of my heart. And I've just been going wherever you lead. Like I went, lived alone for three years and you've just been doing some incredible things. But I'm so zealous for you. However, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. You ever feel like you're the only one left? Like you're all alone? man, I'm just going through this on my own. I'm struggling on my own. God, I'm the only one left. I'm just here by myself and I don't know what to do anymore. I can't handle it anymore and you're my last resort. Now they're trying to kill me. Not only am I all alone, these haters keep coming at me, these Instagram posts, these Facebook posts. It's funny, right? Because Elijah, like for real, was trying to be killed, but man, those psychological battles, though, are just as real. And we live in a broken world in a space where people will try to tear you down and beat you down and all kind of stuff. And he's like, they're trying to kill me, too. And the Lord said, 1 Kings 19 Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. All right, you got all these problems. Here's what you're struggling with. Okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to pass by in your presence. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God's inviting us in, and there might be storms that take place within our lives, and we're looking at it saying, God, everything's crumbling around me, and I've come to you. Here's this earthquake, and I'm losing the ground beneath my feet. This wind keeps smacking me in the face and blowing me off course. This fire is just burning everything around me. Why do I feel so alone? And where are you, God? And God's saying, hey, this is not from me. You need to know the storms in your life are not from God, but God will use those storms in your life to bring you into his presence. And when he does, he will come and speak to you. He has a gentle voice. And what I love about what it means that he will speak to you in a whisper, in order to hear a whisper, you gotta be close. You've gotta be close. And God wants you to know today that whatever storms you're facing within your life, he is not the cause of, but he may have allowed to bring you closer to him. And he will calm that storm And he will speak to you with so much love and compassion. He will speak to you in a whisper because he is that close. And he is that good. I'm going to ask our worship team to make their way up. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? In this whisper, God asked him the same question he had asked him before. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What are you seeking? What are you looking for from God? Because God is saying, I've got a vision for your life. And even though it's not visible to you yet, there's a mission that I'm calling you to. And as you come to me, as you present yourself to me, you can go to him with all the cares that you want. But God's wanting him to know, yeah, what you think this is about isn't what it's really about. There's a different purpose. There's a different thing happening here. There's something else going on. And that's where our faith comes in, because faith is a confidence in things hoped for and a belief in things not seen. Do we have faith to trust God that even when we don't see what's ahead of us, we'll listen to his whisper. Melissa uh, has this phrase she says that she wants to get your attention. She'll be like, listen, listen. Anytime I hear her say listen, I'm like, all right, she's about to ask me something. She needs something, Listen. And one day we're hanging out and uh, we're in our living room getting ready to go to bed for the night and, you know, we got Alexa, we're Like, Alexa, turn the lights off. Sometimes I turn the lights off on her just to mess around. And she was getting ready to tell me something. She's like, listen. And I turned the lights off. She's like, I can't see. And in that moment it was hilarious because she couldn't see anything. It was like, oh, what are we going to do? But then God was like, hey, but that will preach. Because in moments when you can't see, Listen, listen, allow yourself to get calm. Allow yourself to find yourself in the presence of God. And although there might be storms going around you, God will calm those storms in your life so that you can come and hear his whisper in your life. And he's letting you know that there's something still ahead for you. Because it is not when it rains, it pours. But when he reigns, it pours. When he reigns, it pours. When God is in control of your life, watch what he will do through you. Watch how he'll shape and mold you and prepare you through the storms and he'll give you restoration and freedom from your depression. He will bring salvation in the moments of the greatest desperation because he's got a vision for your life. And he said, there's a mission for you right now. But are you willing when you can't see to listen? First Kings 1915, I'm gonna bring us back full circle to burn the plow a while back, where we learned about Elisha, this prophet that Elijah calls. See, now, as we've seen Elijah go through these battles of depression, and he sees God's goodness in his favor, and God invites him to come close to him, and he's like, hey, you might feel like things aren't working out the way you'd like them to, but guess what? I've got something bigger and better for you. And he says to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram, also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shamphat, from the Abel-Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put the death any who escape the sword of Hazal. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. He's saying, look it, you might've felt like you were ready to die and you've got nothing left to give and God's not gonna use you when you're all alone. No, I've got a mission for you because there's still a vision ahead that I've got for your life. And I'm gonna use you to make an impact. And you're not alone. There are more people who love me and that they wanna follow you so that you can follow me and point them to me. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I had already given up. This depression got the best of me. This anxiety got the best of me. And God's like, hey, just keep talking to me. Because not only is this a message today for those of you struggling with those feelings of doubt and depression and anxiety, but this is also a message around prayer. Because what did Elijah never stop doing? Talking to God. He never stopped talking to him. He talked to him to ask for the drought. He talked to him for the rain to come. He talked to him and said, take my life because this isn't working. And then he says, God, I'm here because everyone's trying to kill me. Yeah, I'm here again because everybody's trying to kill me. And God's like, yeah, that's cool that you're feeling all those feelings, but I got some faith for you to put you on mission. Man, those things that you've been struggling with and battling with and you feel like it's you alone in it, you are not. God is with you. Just talk to him and he'll get you in shape and he'll put you on path to fulfill the mission he has for you so we can see the vision come to fruition because God has given us a vision to help see this city changed and transformed through the hope and love of Jesus. And he has a mission for each and every one of us to fulfill what that mission looks like. But we can't allow ourselves to get caught up and put ourselves in isolation. Keep talking to God because God will invite you in to his presence and he will transform your life and he'll give you freedom from it all. That's how good God is. That's what he's capable of doing. And Elijah goes on to be a part of so many incredible stories in the Bible. But there's this this awesome moment through the ministry of Jesus where Jesus brings his boys with him up to the mountaintop. It's like, hey, I got a meeting. And he meets with Moses and Elijah. So here's Elijah now, Elijah never died. He's one of, the, of two people in the whole Bible that never died. He got pulled up into heaven at the end of his ministry. And now God places them back on this mountaintop in the presence of the Messiah, Jesus, to say, hey, what you did mattered for what I'm about to do now. And God wants you to know what Jesus did in coming and dying for us and being raised from the dead so that we could have salvation. He's saying, yeah, I did that, but come, chill on this mountaintop with me because I got a mission for you. I got a plan for your life. I've got a vision that I see coming to fruition through my goodness, and I want you to be a part of it. Do not miss out. Don't miss the moment. But it starts with being real with God. It starts with talking to Him, sharing with Him the things that you're feeling, the emotions that you're having, the heartache that you're experiencing. Like, God, help me, take me. I'm so fed up with all of it. But talk to Him, open up the line of communication, because if you are ignoring Him and you're not having a conversation with Him, how could He help you? Get into God's Word. Man, when you allow his word to get into your heart, when those moments of doubt and depression come into play, you can hear God's voice in the same way. You may not audibly hear it, but I can't tell you how many times when I've just been battling and thinking, God, I don't know if I got much more. And he brings his word to my heart, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. The enemy will lie and lie and lie and make you feel like you're the only one there. Check out verse 18. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. God kept asking him, hey, why are you here? And he kept responding because I'm the only one left. And God's like, okay, cool. All right, well, I need you to go back and get all these dudes because you're not alone. And I got 7,000 more. What? You think you're in this battle alone. You think you got nobody with you. And God's like, no, I got 7,000 more. I got an army for you to march with and we're about to take down the gates of hell because the gates of hell will not prevail when we trust in who God is. We gotta trust him. Lay it all before him. Because when he reigns, come on, we can do better. Because when he reigns, It pours, his blessing pours, his goodness pours. He will bring so much favor into our lives even when his favor doesn't always look like the favorite thing in our lives. But he will use everything to prepare us for what's ahead, saying, I've got something in store for you. Trust me on this mission because I will see my vision to completion. Don't pull yourself out the game. Just open up the lines of communication with God. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So I'm gonna end where we started. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what Elijah and so many were commended for, that even when they didn't feel it, they still had faith for it. Even though they felt like they weren't in the game, they still knew God's name. They still knew who he was and where he was positioned on the throne and still went to him with their mess. We can do the same because when he reigns, it pours and watches favor pour down and transform our lives and the lives of everybody around us. Through Jesus, we have salvation. Through Jesus, we know that we're gonna get to spend an eternity with our heavenly father. But right now, these missions that we're on are not just about us, but it's about the future. Go to God with it, talk to him, pray. There's no right or wrong way to pray. It's having a conversation with him, sharing with God what's on your heart and he'll meet you there and say, okay, I hear you, but... If you're like, yeah, I'm just not hearing them. All right, give yourself five minutes every morning reading the Bible. Get the YouVersion Bible app. Just open that up. Read the verse of the day. Maybe click into it and read the verses before and after. it. Watch how God starts to move within you because the next time you're feeling discouraged and depressed and you're like, man, why am I feeling this way? Well, when's the last time you talked to God? Because God pulled Elijah out of it and brought him into his presence. And in order to start that step toward that vision, to take on the mission that God has for you, the first thing that I feel like God wants someone to hear today is that you are enough, that you are loved, that you are good enough because you were made in the image of God. And like he gave Elijah an invitation to come have a meeting with him on the mountain. God wants you to know right now, there is an invitation for you to come and meet with him. He is inviting you into his presence and you can come to him with your worries and your concerns and he wants to meet you there and give you freedom from it. But even as you still battle it, say, yeah, I still have a mission for you. And that first step, that first step starts with taking that leap and saying you want to step into a relationship with Jesus. So in a moment, in a moment, I want to give that opportunity here this morning. God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's saying, yeah, I believe that Jesus came and died for me. I believe that he rose from the dead and I believe that he is my savior. Believing in it and then proclaiming it gives you salvation for all eternity. So I wanna ask, would everyone bow your heads and close your eyes in this space? I wanna give someone that opportunity today to step into a relationship with Jesus for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time because you've been running from him, you've been hiding under that bush and you've been ignoring him and not talking to him. You're like, you know, today's that day, I'm coming back home. Or yes, I wanna step into a relationship like I've never known before, never seen before. I want everyone in this space to pray this prayer with me because if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, we want to say it verbally. But for the sake of anyone making that decision today, I want us to all pray. So follow after me. Pray what I pray, everyone, for the benefit of maybe the one whose life will be transformed right now. Jesus, I believe you are my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you came and died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and through you, I have salvation. I'm sorry that I've sinned, but I believe you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now on the count of three, if that's you today and you say, yeah, I wanna make that decision, I wanna say yes to relationship with Jesus. When I get to three, I just ask that you would shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus loves you and he died for you. Two, that God's not done, he still has a plan for your life. And three, if that's you, could you shoot your hand in the air today? Could you raise it high? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, I thank you so much for each and every person who made that decision today to step into a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would encourage their hearts, that you would steady their steps and that what they're facing, any obstacles that they're up against, they would trust you with it fully, that they would come to you with it, talk to you about it, but then they would hear your voice in a gentle whisper to speak truth and purpose into the mission you have for them. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.